Hello and welcome to the 11th episode of the Pointy Hatcast. I'm your host Sam, also known as Ducky O'Brien on Twitch, and we are joined today by our co-host, fellow Kryptonians, Barry. What's up? And Isaiah is still partying in Korea. Today's episode is on a really, really disappointing movie, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Our email is pointyhatcast at gmail.com. Please send us any questions or comments, as well as any requests for movies for us to watch. Again, our email is pointyhatcast at gmail.com. Here's the movie intro. Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice was released on March 2016 in the U.S. It was directed by Zack Snyder. The script was written by Chris Terrio and David S. Goyer. It stars Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Jesse Eisenberg, Gal Gadot, and many more. Currently, as of this podcast, it has a Rotten Tomato score of 28% for critics and 63% for audience. Here's the movie blurb. Fearing that the actions of Superman are left unchecked, Batman takes on the Man of Steel while the world wrestles with what kind of a hero it really needs. Let's get into it, dude. Our thoughts on the movie. Oh, boy. Barry, do you want to go or should I? I got Uh, so much to say. You should probably take it because... Yeah? Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) The worst movie that all of us has seen is Suicide Squad. So I heard that this movie was pretty bad and I thought to myself, it can't be as bad as Suicide Squad. And I watched it. And it was really, really bad. In the first four minutes of this movie, I hated it because I knew where it was going. All right. So here's what happens. The movie comes out, right? It starts and then it's Batman. He lost his parents. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. It's been done. It's the origin story again, immediately. Yeah, again. And they don't waste too much time on it, though. Although they do waste a lot of time in showing what amounts to his parents just being dead. Young little Bruce is running through the forest, falls into a cave. And then these bats are coming out. They're flying at him. And then they're flying around around him and then he's being slowly lifted up out of the cave into the light and i was like i hate Zack snyder's style because that entire scene was pointless there's no point to that scene it doesn't develop narrative it doesn't develop character it develops nothing the audience can't relate to that scene and it's just visually cool in the mind of Zack snyder when i watched it it looked really stupid so when i saw that and so much time and care was put into making this scene i knew the entire movie was going to be like that and i was proven correct when they show the actual scene where batman's parents got killed you see a guy pull up a gun everyone knows the story it's a dark shady alley <laughs> he points the gun at batman's parents and then for some reason his dad clenches his fist real slow-mo he hears a crunching sound of leather tries to punch him of course he gets shot I'm like what an idiot <laughs> And then he points the gun at the mom and there's a pearl necklace she's wearing and he puts the gun underneath it. It pulls it back. It's a zoom in close up shot of the gun on the necklace. He shoots the gun. It goes back, breaks the pearl necklace. And as she's falling, it's all these little pearl pieces falling down with her in slow-mo. And you're like, this scene was supposed to be sad. It's supposed to be a kid losing his parents and like his worldview being twisted because of that. It's supposed to be a huge impactful moment. And instead, Zack Snyder focuses on making it look pretty it's focusing on the pearls falling in slow-mo as opposed to focusing on the emotional response of little young Bruce focusing on the world being so messed up that a guy just walks up to two people and shoots them to rob him they don't even show that so none of it connects to the audience you can fill it in for yourself but if you have to fill in that much to that extent that means the movie isn't doing its job after that it's just that kind of scene after scene after scene just things that are just 
there because Zack Snyder thinks it looks cool. <laughs> and that's why I hate this style of movie. And it's three hours long. It's so long. It's so long, yeah. And you could have cut out a good two hours <laughs> and made a better movie. I think that sums it up. For me, it's a combination of the Suicide Squad effect where they're trying to make things look cool. Suicide Squad didn't even do that. But they also treat the audience as being too stupid. Oh, absolutely. It treats the audience with little to no respect. The opening scene was whatever. It's the origin story. We've seen it a million times. You just don't care at this point, right? You just don't care. Yeah. Everybody knows Uncle Ben dies. Martha and Thomas Wayne die. It's the only thing that remains constant. And you don't have to remind us because everybody knows Batman. I guess it does set up the dumb moment later in the movie. But it's a dumb scene that sets up a dumb moment. I disliked the movie immediately, and then I hated it with the second scene, which is where Bruce Wayne is in Metropolis, going to his corporate HQ and trying to save the people there. And it immediately is just a commercial. <laughs> yeah. It's a Jeep commercial. Yeah. A Jeep commercial was the opening to the film, and it made me so angry. So angry. There's more product placement. Yeah, but like, it's like the first thing they show you. I mean, they showed that whole scene as a commercial for Jeep. It didn't make me want to buy a Jeep because the movie sucked. No, also Jeeps are terrible. I haven't driven a few. I mean, if it wasn't a good movie, I would want to buy a Jeep, maybe. <laughs> so that made me angry right away. I mean, parts of the scene are cool. That shot of Bruce Wayne running directly into the rubble mm. while everybody's running away from it. That's pretty cool. There's little moments there that make you want to like the movie. And then it just tears it right back down. Yeah. It just tears it right back down and you're angry again. They're reminding you of all the parts of Man of Steel that were bad right away too. Which is that third act that was just so bad in Man of Steel. Let's just remind everybody of 9-11 in the first scene of this film. <laughs> yeah. After doing those terrible 9-11 parables in the last film. That worked so well for us. And then they killed Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> yeah. That's the third thing they did was kill Jimmy Olsen. Oh man, we're in for a wild ride here folks. In like the first 15 minutes. Oh my, okay, they're getting a, an interview with this warlord. And then Jimmy Olsen's a photographer. He's pretty lovable side character. And they make him like a CIA agent. And he just gets shot right away. What was the point of having that character in the first place? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Remember this guy? Well, he's dead. Remember Jimmy Olsen, that beloved character? He's dead now. <laughs> Yeah, he's dead now. I was like, fuck you, movie. Everything the movie does is pointless. There's no point to it. Why did they have that scene? The entire first hour and a half, first 90 minutes is a complete waste of my time. They have that scene, so then she's interviewing them, and then all of these commandos kill all of the warlord dudes. You know, they're just there. And I was like, first of all, why were they there in the first place, right? It doesn't make sense narratively. This super high dude, who has a lot of underlings underneath him, controls a large area, large territory have these weird dudes in his base of operation which seems to be manned by like four people <laughs> and their family members and then they kill everyone they light their bodies on fire and then they get out because they're calling a drone strike on the dude the reason why they do this is they're trying to frame superman and try to show that he's a bad guy who just kills everyone for the sake of justice the problem is they play that story arc for so long as this mystery thriller but it fails so miserably because the audience already sees that it was fake. So then it doesn't matter if you try to have cover-ups and conspiracy theories involved with it because the audience saw from the very beginning of the story arc that it was a fake. You can't do that because then there's no payoff for that entire arc. It doesn't even end well. Remember the story arc? Guess what? We're just moving on. 
<laughs> nothing mattered. They should have changed the edit there where Superman is saving Lois Lane. Because again, she got captured by the war criminal. He found out that Jimmy Olsen was a spy. So then that's why he takes her hostage and he's just trying to interrogate her. Superman comes in, tries to save Lois Lane. As he's leaving, they should have shown like charred bodies and stuff. And be like, this, this Superman do this? They should have showed him getting angry or something. So then the audience will kind of question it. They know probably that he didn't do it because he's Superman. But like, you gotta leave some doubt there so the audience can start questioning Superman. That's what the movie's supposed to do. Instead, they show everything right away. This is stupid. You're wasting my time. Barry, what do you think, dude? Am I the only one here? Everything in the movie drove me crazy because it was pointless. It didn't need to be there. Yeah, it makes me really angry and frustrated how much wheel spinning and how many useless characters and moments are in this film. Like, Jimmy Olsen becomes a useless character. Yeah. Lois Lane has been a useless character this entire time. She's probably one of my least favorite parts of these movies in a sea of crap. I will say it's not the fault of Amy Adams. No. She does her best. But the entire script is written around giving Amy Adams something to do to further the exposition in both movies. I think it's a bigger sin in Man of Steel, but it's more noticeable in this film somehow. Why is Lois Lane here? I don't know. Oh, because it's in the script. We gotta move the story on. Yeah, man. Like, her character is so bad. Not just her character, but the way she's used. Let's talk characters, right? The core of Superman's character. There's some discussion to be had here. Yeah. But the core of the character is the question, what if God were one of us? That's the most basic understanding of Superman. It's so obvious. And yet, all of these movies have failed to understand that. He's not one of us. He's a dangerous, murderous alien from outer space in these movies. Yeah. Full of anger and doubt and self-loathing. Every shot of him saving somebody, he's got like this miserable face of remorse. Like, why must I be the one to save these people? Fuck you, movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fine to take a character in different directions. Like, reimagine the character. Like, Superman's been reimagined several times. Batman's mm -hmm. been reimagined several times. The characters as we know them today are very different from what they were, say, in the 80s or the 60s, you know? Totally. Like Adam West Batman? Yeah, like Adam West Batman and Christopher Reeves Superman, you know? Mm -hmm. As storytelling and characters have evolved over time, we demand a little bit more from our superheroes these days. Now we have lots of interesting characters with weird powers and like they have pathos and complicated backgrounds. Superman is the most straightforward the most basic superhero. It's almost not a character. Yeah, he's the first superhero. You know, yeah. he's got flight, super strength, invincibility. Everybody has these. <laughs> Vision has flight, super speed, and invincibility. Captain Marvel, Shazam. <laughs> Shazam, yeah. Shazam has these powers. And we need more relatability in our heroes. And these movies, the relatability for Superman starts and ends with Lois Lane. That's it. Yeah. And that's kind of awful. I will save humanity because Lois Lane is human and I want to save her and that's it. And the implication is if she dies or if something happens to her, that he'll just become a crazy homicidal maniac and kill everyone. Yeah, which they kind of foreshadow. Yeah, and you're like, why would I like this guy then? Why do I want yeah. to root for him? <laughs> if he's one death away from being the worst thing to ever happen to humanity, why should I care? Yeah, also another point, like, I'm glad you brought that up because... For him, they try to make him a sympathetic character where there are scenes where people are doubting Superman. They're so fickle. They're like, he's just a monster and he's getting super emo and depressed and he calls his mom up. And that scene should have made him more relatable, but the dialogue is so 
poorly written in this movie that it doesn't feel like two people talking to each other. It doesn't feel like real people talking to each other. It doesn't feel like he's having all these emotional struggles. It's just there to tell the audience what to feel and what to think. That's where I take offense with this movie too, amongst many other things, where it treats the audience as too stupid. We have to be told what to feel and what to think. And those moments that should have been emotionally resonant kind of loses its impact. I think the one that was slightly done better was when Clark goes up the mountain. You know, he's at the peak of being emo and depressed, according to the movie. And he sees his father there. Oh, uh, I thought he was dead. <laughs> you know, And he's dead, he's just talking to him. That scene could have been powerful. They should have focused on that. They should have focused on making Superman a character where he's struggling like this. He's trying to find his identity in a world that's telling him that he's something else, that he's not all that he's cracked out to be, and overcoming that and then choosing to become better, choosing to be himself and not be afraid of that, and not what his father wanted him to be, not what the world expects him to be, him trying to find out what it means to be himself. That should have been the gist of the movie movie or at least an arc or an element or a theme in there and they mishandle that so much because I don't relate to any of these characters <laughs> none of them in fact I hate them I kind of relate to Batman. You know what I kind of relate to? Lex Luthor, too. They're mostly correct. Yeah. There's this this angry, miserable alien from outer space with unlimited power, and we need to stop him. I'm like, they got a point. <laughs> <laughs> in the context of these movies, they really have a point. Yeah, it's relatable in the context of the movie, but like as me being a human being in this world, they should have made it a little more realistic where the theme of you having knowledge but not power to fight back could resonate with a lot of people right now because I think a lot of people are fed up. They're frustrated with how things are going and they feel powerless. And it's like, what can we do as people? And the answer the movie gives us is forge a weapon <laughs> and then kill that kill that thing. Make a caveman spear and kill it. <laughs> yeah, make a caveman spear out of a sharp pointy green rock and then kill it. And I was like, even the answer they give us is not that great. Oh, man. Can we talk about that Martha scene real quick? <laughs> sure. That's the whole, the conflict of the movie. Superman is super powerful. He can be unhinged and kill everyone. Lex Luthor is fighting for humanity. Batman is fighting for humanity too. And so Batman devises a plan to find kryptonite. For some reason, the one substance that Kryptonians are weak to, they carry around in their ships. <laughs> for some odd reason. If I was going to die from something, just having it near me, I would probably find a substitute for my spaceships, you know? <laughs> and then Batman steals it, forges a giant spear from it, and it makes smoke grenades. Yeah, I don't know. I would have probably just built a gun, like a kryptonite gun, <laughs> yeah. and just shot him. Yeah. I mean, in the comics, Batman never uses a gun. Like, those are his two things, where he doesn't kill, he doesn't use guns. Yeah. You know, his parents were killed with guns, and, and he doesn't like guns, and that makes sense. It's fine. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, not in the movies. He uses guns all the time. He'll just brutally beat them <laughs> close to dying and then leave him alive. It's like, I didn't kill him. <laughs> Broke every bone in his body. I didn't kill him. I'm a good guy. He's crippled for life, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> he'll, he'll get over it. He uses a gun once. He shoots villain guy with an anti-villain guy bullet. And that's it. <laughs> that, that's the one time he uses a gun in the comics. And then he dies because villain guy kills him. This movie is based on... 
a couple different comic books. The first being The Dark Knight Returns, which is where the Batman v Superman part of the movie comes from. But it's done in a worse way in the movie. Yeah, way worse, dude. <laughs> way worse. In the comics, take place like far in the future, like, I don't know, 30, 40 years in the future. Batman's old and retired. Superman is still Superman because he's an invincible, immortal alien. Batman starts fighting crime again, you know, beating up gangs and stuff, and then the U.S. government calls in Superman to bring Batman in because they don't want a vigilante running around. And that's where the conflict comes from. The story is not about Batman fighting versus Superman. It's kind of about the nature of justice. It's about a question of accountability, of about what happens when your heroes get old, stuff like that. The whole comic was kind of satirizing what the characters had become. Rather than being symbols of heroism and justice, they're basically thugs mm. in colorful outfits that beat up other thugs. Uh, that was, that's kind of what the, the comic was about. The armor that Batman wears is stolen straight from that comic. I don't know if you noticed how fucking goofy looking it was. <laughs> It was pretty goofy looking, and I was like, it must be pretty heavy. Yeah. It doesn't look like a powered exosuit. It's drawn deliberately goofy in the comic as part of the satire, mm. and people kind of misunderstand that, <laughs> and I think Zack Snyder misunderstood the entire concept of the comic. Uh, I don't think he understands anything. It kind of sells the movie because comical fans are like, oh, it's the Dark Knight Rises armor is so cool, but that wasn't really the point. The point was that it's like super cartoony he's wearing platforms dude yeah. batman is wearing platforms it doesn't look cool and the comic itself was drawn super exaggerated the art style is really almost verging on caricature and that was the point mm. it was just saying hey what happened to these heroes when did they become the exact opposite of what they should represent and that's what the comic was saying and that's yeah. incredible because that's exactly what they are in this movie they're thugs beating up other thugs or each other and each other <laughs> that's kind of terrible the other story this pulls from obviously doomsday and that whole thing and doomsday was never a complicated storyline basically just the hulk in dc <laughs> and he needs to kill superman and they've thrown all these ideas together and just made a giant mess any one of these ideas could be a fully fledged movie if you focus on characters if you focus on the thematic elements you can focus on anything this movie does nothing <laughs> it has no focus it has no focus. It has no ability to convey any sort of relatability for the characters and make us care about them. Part of that is just the writing, and part of it is just the editing. It starts out slow, and then it jumps back and forth a lot. And a lot of pacing and storytelling is sacrificed for nothing. <laughs> really nothing. <sighs> They spend so much time with, like, this senator and that subplot. Then she just gets blown up, and you're like, yep, okay. Yep. And then Superman's just standing there in the rubble looking miserable. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Shouldn't you be helping somebody? He started helping people, and then he's just like, no, I'm too depressed. I'm out of here. Just flies off. He just leaves. You're like, oh, man. I don't get it. I don't know what happened with this movie. I know what happened. Zack Snyder's like, I'm the man. I'm cool. So I'm going to make this movie look cool because i keep only making cool movies so this movie is going to be awesome i don't see why people don't like it that's his problem <laughs> that's what happened i can't even say that Zack snyder is a bad filmmaker he's not so what happened he used to be okay i think he needs to be paired with a, a better writer and a, maybe a better executive producer also a better editor 
and just take Snyder away from the editors, give him free reign. It's the George Lucas effect. When you leave him unchecked, he just makes crappy movies. I'm going to actually give Zack Snyder a big pass, honestly. Really? I mean, some of the fault clearly lies with him. Like, the filmmaking parts, okay, to an extent. I'm going to blame Warner Brothers in general. Mm, okay. And their, whatever their think tank is. Disney, through part luck and part brilliance, put Kevin Feige in charge of the entire MCU. Almost everything that's worked well from an overall narrative standpoint is entirely from him. Oh, okay. The way all the movies fit together somehow, all these different crazy visions and different tones, everything meshes together somehow You're because right. he's always there. And it's sometimes to the detriment of filmmaking in general. Like there's several instances of directors dropping out because they couldn't put up with all the studio interference, aka stuff from Kevin Feige. Ant-Man, the director for Ant-Man dropped out, which was really disappointing because I was looking forward very much to seeing his interpretation of that film. Yeah. It's the same director as Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Yeah, it would have been funnier <laughs> for sure. I think it would have been a better overall film, but I think it would also not have worked with the cinematic universe. Yeah, it wouldn't have, but I would have loved to see that version. Yeah. And maybe one day we'll get something kooky like that. Now that they've already made $100 bajillion, maybe now is the time. Cowboys and aliens. <laughs> yeah, now is the time to go full Cowboys and aliens. But Kevin Feige is in charge, but he's not the director. He's not the writer. He's only in charge of maintaining a cohesive narrative across these films. He takes inputs from lots of directors, especially the more talented ones like John Favreau, especially. Mm. More recently, like James Gunn and uh, Taika Waititi. Yes, Taika. Yeah, Taika. The guys that mesh with his vision and who have brought a voice into their own films while working with him. He takes their input and like all the actors as well and meshes it into the overall MCU. The problem with DC has been that Zack Snyder has the same job. He's also the executive producer. He's also a part writer, and he's also the director for all these films. And I think it's just too much for him to do by himself. Okay, okay. If you put it that way, yeah. I mean, certainly it's still his fault. Yeah, I still blame him. He still shoulders the blame. But I think you just need more people to handle that, especially if you're going to go as broad as an entire universe. So one thing I do like about Snyder, though, is that there are scenes in the movie that look visually fantastic. That's all he's doing throughout the movie, but like some scenes I actually like kind of reminded me of the scene in Thor Ragnarok where it kind of looks like an animated painting that's come to life. It had the same vibes for me for some scenes. In my opinion, if you could have Zack Snyder create some of those scenes in the movie, the visually stunning scenes, not all of them again. <laughs> the whole movie shouldn't be that. Like just drop some in there, have someone else handle the script. For the love of God, have someone else handle the script and the implementation of the script. Someone needs to be there. Yeah. They should look at it and they'd be like, this is not going to work. It's stupid. Someone needs to say that. They need a better editor. There are so many parts that just drag on and on. It has no point being in the movie. It just wastes your time. They're like so wrapped up in themselves where like we need to explain this and this and this. They don't stop and ask themselves, do we really need to do this? Because the answer is no, you don't. So I'll give you one example. They go into odd detail and like explaining narrative parts that don't really need to be explained. So Batman put a tracker on the, the shipment of the kryptonite and it's following them and he's just killing everyone left and right. And there's a scene in there, which I don't like, where they're shooting at the Batmobile. Some guy's on like a Gatling gun on, on the back of a car. He's just like going, right? 
Like those rappers. Just like shooting at him. Batman's just like driving. And then he pulls out a gun and shoots him. And I was like, there's no need for that. You put that in there so it looks cool. And the guy's shooting at the Batmobile. And the audience understands that these bad guys are shooting at him. That's all they're trying to do. Because if it was Batman, shot him right away. I wouldn't even wait for him to shoot. They're just there. Just kill him. He's brutally efficient. Okay, the no-killing part. But this Batman kills, all right? He's brutally efficient. He's smart. A lot of people are really upset that Batman kills people. and I, think I don't care. It's a little bit upsetting, but it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. If you're going to portray the character that way, that's okay. Just be consistent with it. You got to commit to it. Yeah, be consistent. And then he crashes into the semi-truck carrying it. He just completely destroys it, right? Before that, though, he placed a tracker on it with the sniper rifle, which is kind of weird. <laughs> he's holding a sniper rifle, just shoots it. You know, he's Batman. He would have probably thrown, like, a tiny batarang and it just, like, flew there. Like a tiny bat tracker. <laughs> yeah, bat tracker, a tiny one. <laughs> he would have thrown it. He crashes into the semi where he put the tracker on. The car's going off. He got away. Because Superman comes in and interferes, like, don't ever come out again. And then Batman's like, whatever, dude. Do you plead? (laughs) You will. Come on, Batman, (laughs) come on. And the scene where the semi-truck pulls into the facility. The whole point of that scene, though, that last dialogue exchange was the whole point of that scene. Yeah. That's it. That was it. I'm just talking about the semi-truck pulling in. At the part where the Batmobile hit the semi-truck, the tracker's at the very edge, blinking red lights. It's making a beeping noise because, again, the audience won't know it's a tracking device unless you tell them it's a tracking device. And people are just standing around. It's in plain sight. No one's picking up on it. The entire movie is like that for a narrative where it's just like they go into these oddly detailed, long exposition parts of the movie where it doesn't really have any payoff and it doesn't belong there. It doesn't do anything. The entire movie. And that scene? Yeah. The whole point of the scene was to get the kryptonite, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then Superman shows up. I mean, really, the point was to get him to confront Superman. That's the first time they meet. Exactly. And then later, he gets the kryptonite anyway, off screen. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they show it to you on, like, a little security monitor. And you're like, I want to watch that scene. That seems way cooler. (laughs) The scene is so cool because, like, what they see is Batman just drops down. He wants to do it up and goes back up. And you're like, that looks awesome. Yeah, that's cool. That's way cooler than just, do you bleed? And the Superman's just like, I can still hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm playing the movie in the background, and I'm liking Lex Luthor as a character. I relate to him more and more, because he's drinking Happy Van Winkle, which is a very refined Man taste fine as taste. far as bourbon. So now we have Keanu Reeves drinking Lanterns, and we have Lex Luthor drinking Happy Van Winkle. By the way, that bottle's worth probably like several thousand dollars. <laughs> Depending on which one, it might be like six grand. Sorry, I had to interrupt there. No, it's nice touch there those kind of things kind of flavor the character and make him alive and they just ruin everything talking about lex luther there's so many things wrong in this movie that if you went through it chronologically this would be like a nine-hour podcast (laughs) jesse eisenberg yeah jesse eisenberg what a miscast i was okay with the character as is he wasn't important if they just had someone there to be the villain and move things along I was like, okay, whatever. You can call him Lex Luthor. I get it. He's the bad guy. I think he's actually Lex Luthor. Am I getting this wrong? Or is Lex Luthor his father? And he is Lex Jr. or something? I don't even know. Junior Luthor. Or whether Luthor. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Just, just a quick song. Martin Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> the best Luthor. <laughs> 
it's overdone. Like there's scenes where they introduce him and he's just being all oh, this crazy eccentric dude and just like slamming a, a stress ball into a glass cage and everything is overdone, exaggerated. He's not a real yeah. character. It's so overacted. It's, it's so, weird. It's too I overacted. I think he's a good actor. He is. So it's either a directorial choice or just I don't I really don't know. It's such a strange performance. He's not like threatening at all. No. It's just weird, man. And weird in like a confusing bad way. Yeah. Not like a fun cowboys and aliens way. No, and the most disappointing thing is again his character doesn't matter. Here's what he does. He takes the kryptonite, sneaks his way into the alien ship, he takes the fingerprints off of Zod and puts it on his own hand, gets access to the ship, gets access to the knowledge of the ship. And you're like, alright, he has all this knowledge in his head, so he should be doing something sinister or villainous, or maybe even in his own mind for the good of humanity. But all that happens is he goes crazy, and he's like, guys, guess what? There's a new villain coming. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Justice League. <laughs> and drop that in there for you guys. We're setting up another movie, boys. We're setting up another movie. You thought I was bad. Guess what? There's an actual villain coming in. It's going to be high stakes. No. You're, again, you're treating me like I'm too stupid. I know that there's going to be a Justice League, but then they drop all these hints in. Very obviously, Batman finds a file of all the Justice League members and looking through it. And I'm just like, this doesn't fit in the movie. That's not what this movie is about. You kind of drop it at the end credits if you want. After the credits are done, you can have that scene. But you put it in the movie over and over again because you think I'm too stupid to understand. And you want to advertise to Justice League and I'm supposed to be hyped for it. But I'm not because everything you're doing is so bad that I don't want to watch whatever you're putting out. The Luther supposed to be a villain doesn't matter at all he's completely useless they lock him away in arkham asylum why did you have this character in the first place oh you need him to create naked monster man <laughs> giant golem angry, angry golem. cave troll from lord of the rings yeah, yeah angry cave troll they put in all the effort just to get to that payoff and then they throw him away like a lot of things they do in the movie they just throw it away because they started it they got to the point they wanted they don't know how to finish it they just toss it Everything in the movie doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Nothing matters at all. Yeah, it doesn't. Nothing matters at all. And not only that, it treats you like you're too stupid to understand. That's the frustrating yeah. part. And in all the press, they're like, oh, the movies are, are so deep. They're too deep. Probably too smart for audiences. And you're like, I don't think that's true. No. <laughs> I, don't be I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fool me. Like, if you want to talk about smart movies, we can talk about, like, Blade Runner. We can talk about Annihilation. We can talk about all these movies that tackle heavy issues. They don't treat the audience like you're stupid. They show it stylistically. They show it through their visuals, the score, the sound effects, narrative plot points for the sake of whatever theme you're trying to show, the narrative thrust, whatever it is, elements. That's how you handle it, and the audience will get it. I mean, most people who want to watch the movie with their brains on will get it because if you're explaining something that's human, that's deeply human, we understand because we're humans unless you're numbed out <laughs> you're dead inside like me maybe you won't get anything out of it this movie is not even covering anything deep it thinks it is it thinks it's cool but it's not going back to the martha scene i just want to talk about it real quick <laughs> so like batman is just crushing superman and he's got his foot on his throat he's got the giant kryptonite spear he's about to whack him he's about to caveman spear him <laughs> yeah caveman spear him lewis lane comes in somehow she's like don't do it and then superman's like you gotta save martha and then batman's like martha 
<laughs> how do you know that name? Yeah, in this uh, Batman voice. Like, where's the bomb, right? He's like, how do you know Martha? And it's like, that's my mom. And then Batman's like, oh, my mom's Martha too. Let's be friends. <laughs> that's, that's the scene. And then he's like, all right, I'll go save Martha. You go take care of uh, evil cave troll there. And then they're yeah. friends now. Yeah. And again, this is another example of, you know, Amy Adams just shows up and screams, wait, I have to deliver exposition. Yeah. <laughs> I have to shout exposition at you. Wait, I have to tell you what's happening. Or that he actually waits. He's like, who's Martha? Is my mom's name? Oh, that's weird. <gasps> and he just stabs him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a weird coincidence. He just stabs him. <laughs> if you wanted something there, like if you wanted to deal with what unlimited power does if you wanted to deal with a character trying to find themselves if you're trying to deal with like batman's character where he grew up and all he thinks is humanity is like messed up and he needs to correct it with violence (laughs) and beating the crap out of people there's so many elements that you could have focused on and they try to do it but again nothing matters they're trying to tell you how to feel and how to think they're literally telling you what's happening in the movie through characters through the dialogue and it doesn't matter. You can't relate to any of it. Maybe a little bit of it. It's such a mess. It is. It's such a mess. And then we haven't even talked about Wonder Woman yet. Oh my god. Don't get me wrong, I really like Wonder Woman. I like where they've taken the character. There's no reason for her to be in this movie except to bloat the runtime like another 30 minutes. She's there to advertise Justice League too. Oh look, here's Wonder Woman. Yay. Yay. And here's what I hate. If it's supposed to be about feminism and like portraying females as strong characters who can hold their own with these men, these hypocritical, messed up men, you don't do it by dressing her up as super hot. You don't put her in these awesome looking dresses where she just looks incredibly sexy just walking around. That's how she's portrayed in the beginning parts of the movie. She doesn't look like Wonder Woman to me. She's just a hot model. That's not the core of her character. And then yeah. finally she comes out. Yeah, You have to sell sex though. Yeah, you guys sell sex. By the way, she is actually a model. She's uh, the Miss Israel pageant winner? Yeah, I, I believe it because she's incredibly beautiful. Oh yeah, she's absolutely lovely and talented. But completely wasted in this movie. Yeah, and here's the part that I don't like. When she's fighting giant naked troll guy. She's just kicking its ass. She could have killed it. They didn't need the kryptonite spear. She actually cut off his hand. But then they're like, oh, we got to show that he can regen. But like, it's pretty slow. And I think she could have just gone to town with the sword. The way that she's portrayed in the movie, she doesn't take damage. Whereas everyone else is having trouble. And it was deus ex femina. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was literally a deus ex femina. She just dropped in and she's like, I'm going to kick this guy's ass. But then they're like, wait a second. We need Superman to kill it with a spear and, and sacrifice himself in the process. So for some reason, instead of letting her kill it, we're just going to let Superman do it. Then well, why was she there? Fight would have gone the same if she wasn't there. She doesn't need to hula hoop yeah. naked troll guy so Superman can spear it. Naked troll guy is stupid. Why is Amy Adams in that scene? Yeah. Going back to that. He's like, save Martha. And then Batman just fucks off. And then she takes the spear and just throws it into a pool of water. Oh. Why? <laughs> you're like, okay. And then the fight goes to this uninhabited island. The movie stops for like a good minute. And every single character turns to the camera and says, This island is uninhabited. 
<laughs> Everyone's gone. There's no one on this island. Just to make sure that you understand, it's completely different from the first movie where we killed millions of people. <laughs> this island is uninhabited. And then they fight the cave troll. And then Amy Adams somehow is like, oh, they must need the spear again. <laughs> Even though she's not anywhere near any of them. And then she ju just dives into the pool again to get the spear. And you're like, why are you in this scene? Why are you here? <laughs> what is happening? Unless she starts drowning and Superman's like, oh no, Lois is drowning. I better drop my shit right here and then just go save her. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. I hated it. I hated it. And then it. he gets the spear too. Like Lois could have gotten it. Wait up. Hey, that thing's gonna kill you, dear. Let me, let me grab the spear for you. Now that the rubble's lifted off. Yeah, they're like, just have Lois stab him with it. Just have yeah. Lois stab the cave troll with it. I'm sure she'll do it. Yeah. It was awful. That final scene highlights the fact that they have no idea how to do ensemble movies. Yeah. At all. Marvel figured it out really quickly. I was really impressed by it. In the Avengers? Yeah. When the, all the heroes fight together, they fight together. They're not just all doing their own thing and at the end the guy's dead. <laughs> when Iron Man and Captain America fight together, like Iron Man fires his beam stuff off of Iron Man's shield and they're reflecting it around and they're using like combo attacks and like directing each other around. It feels like a team. Yeah, yeah. It feels like they're working together. And in this movie, Superman punches him a couple times. He's like, whoop, I gotta go save Lois. And they're like, what? Who's that? <laughs> And then he just fucks off. They're like, oh, I guess we gotta do this ourselves. And then Wonder Woman fights him. And there's like no weight to it. Because he knocks her back like 10 million miles. And she gets thrown through like 10 buildings. And she's just smiling. And there's yep. not a scratch on her. And you're like, okay. <laughs> she could have killed Troll yeah, Guy. Yeah, and then she just like slices off his arm. And Batman at that point should have been like, Alright, you've clearly got a good handle on this. I'm just gonna fall back like three or four miles that way. And uh, you just, you do you. Yeah, he should have handed her the kryptonite smoke grenade gun. Like, here you go. This, this might help you. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Call me when you're done. Yeah, here's some more kryptonite. I'm fully mortal. If he so much as sneezes at me, it'll break all the bones in my body. Yeah. I'm just gonna lurk over there. It's real dumb. And like, they have no idea how to choreograph it, how to block the action. Batman's just standing back and he just shoots a gun. That's his kind contribution to this fight yeah. he just shoots a gun if you've watched any of their animated movies you'll see that batman is really great he's awesome he's one of my favorite superheroes in fact more than marvel characters honestly he's clever uses all of his gadgets he's good at directing the battlefield like putting people in the places they need to be and in this movie he doesn't do any of that he just shoots a gun and in justice league he does the same thing in the final battle he's just sitting all like completely disconnected from the battle in every way he's just shooting a gun and you're like Oh, what a waste. What a waste. I know they don't get the character because Batman, his superpower is his mind. He can master strategery in the words of George W. Bush. <laughs> he knows how to defeat these guys that are more powerful than him by taking advantage of their weaknesses. It's not crafting a cave spear out of kryptonite and stabbing Superman. It's about exploiting all their weaknesses, predicting like a hundred steps past what they could possibly think and he can outsmart him. In fact, he came up with contingency plans in case all these powerful beings turn evil that he could defeat him. A villain got a hold of those plans and then used it to wipe them out very quickly. Batman is the man. For me, he's my favorite superhero. He has the most powerful plot armor in all of comics. But let me give you an example. I could have this wrong, by the way, because I'm not as deeply steeped in DC as I am in Marvel. Yeah, same. When they fought Doomsday in comics, maybe the second or third time, 
They fought him a bunch, okay, because he's Doomsday. It's basically Batman that beats him. Superman's just punching him, and they're like, I'll punch you, and Doomsday's like, no, I'll punch you. Batman's like, wait, this is clearly not going to go anywhere. Here's what we're going to do. We've got this super cool teleporting technology. I'm going to set up two teleporters, and I'm going to have them just teleport into each other nonstop forever. And as long as they're powered, anybody that steps into one will be stuck there forever. And you can't punch your way out of it. You can't evolve your way out of it because you're just immaterial. Mm, okay. He's like, all right, Superman, your job is to just lead him up there and get him to fly into one of the teleporters. And that's what they do. He's just stuck there. <laughs> hey, round of applause. Hey, yeah, round of applause. B Batman came up with a plan. And it was more effective than punching him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I liked. Like, it's not necessarily punching a guy or shooting a guy in this case. Yeah. They show none of that. In fact, they show his physicality more than anything else because there's this weird workout montage and he's showering naked too. The shower scene where he's just like, here's Ben Affleck's ass. I mean, don't get me wrong, he looks great. That's a nice ass. Yeah, it's a nice ass. There's no point to that because that's not what Batman's about. I mean, they have to have this shirtless scene, you know? They don't get completely shredded for these movies so they can go not shirtless. <laughs> You're right. All right, you guys show off their hard work. Sex sells on both sides, Sam. Sex that's sells true, on both true. sides. I know, I know. But I'm just saying, like, keep it to the core of the character, man. We know Batman's strong, but that's not the point to his character. It's, like, one of his points, many points. Going off of that thought, I do like the fight scene. The scene where Batman goes to save Martha, Superman's mom, I loved it. He just goes to town. He beats the crap out of a bunch of people. He kills some of them. And it's just this visceral, brutal fight. I knew immediately why I liked it a lot more than things in marvel it's because they try to keep it pg you can't go all the way batman just kills a bunch of people and i loved it oh i liked where he just punches a guy's head into the ground yeah that was pretty good <laughs> i like where he just stabs a guy and just screams in his face he's like <laughs> and then he punches him for some reason this is by the way the only joke i think in the entire movie after he saves martha oh yeah clark yeah. kent's elderly mother uh -huh. the terrorist guy flamethrower guy has the flamethrower for some reason <laughs> instead of like a fucking gun yeah and he just blows it up and he's like i'm a friend of your sons which is like i know the cape I watched this in the theaters with a bunch of friends, and I remember I stopped, and I looked next to me. All my friends had stopped too, and they looked at me, and they are like, was that a joke? <laughs> it was like the first joke in the whole movie, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what just happened? I don't know. You don't know what happened, because it's the rest of the movie. But one thing I was thinking would have been funny, if they're just like looking at each other, and they start making out, and then when they go back, her mom's like, Clark, uh, I got some news. I, I found someone. And it's Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. Uh, that would have been so funny. That's where my mind goes. I just, you know, think of alternate plot lines that don't really fit in that movie, but would have been funny. Oh, no. I'm right there with you. Really? Okay. In that trading montage for Batman when he's getting ready to fight Superman, I was imagining the A-Team theme. Oh, yeah. Where he's, like, making, like, the caveman sphere. I was imagining, like, dun 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 da 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 I was just imagining it in my head. I was laughing. Everybody around me is like, what are you laughing at? What's funny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Da, that would have been da, great. Da, 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 da. I think one of the redeeming qualities that fight scene, I thought it looked awesome. It's brutal. It's visceral. He just uses everything in his arsenal, surrounding environments just to wreck guys. I thought Batfleck was probably the best part of this movie. Yeah, overall. definitely. I really had my doubts when they cast Ben Affleck as Batman, but I'm like, yeah, this works. It's the unfortunate 
part of the failure of these movies is that he's gone. They're never going to make that movie now. Yeah. He's done. They're recasting Batman because Affleck is out forever. He's working on the Jay and Silent Bob movie. Oh, okay. The reboot, yeah. I think he has a couple scenes in that, but he's done. Can't do this anymore. It's, it's just so bad. Yeah. Henry Cavill's out. He's in The Witcher now. Yeah, he's The Witcher now, dude. Which looks cool. I want to check that out. Dude, it's really exciting. Henry Cavill is a huge nerd. Like a big gamer, a big nerd. He had already read The Witcher novels and played all the games. Holy cow. In fact, he got the role because he kept calling his agent and like calling <laughs> the production studio and the director is like, I want this part. Give it to me. Give it to I me. I am The Witcher. <laughs> Where's Batman? Apparently, the story goes that when they cast him as Superman, Zack Snyder called him and he, and he ghosted him because he was in the middle of a WoW raid. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Yeah, that's the level of nerd he is. So I'm pretty excited. I got much more respect for him now because he's a good-looking guy. He's a pretty good actor, but he's a nerd too on top of that, dude. Triple threat. People have given him a lot of flack for his portrayal of Superman. I'm like, if you've been paying attention, he's doing his very best with what he's been given. It's not his fault. It's such a crying shame because all the actors have done pretty well. It's just everything around them sucks. Yeah. Henry Cavill's Superman could have been so good. He had the physicality, he had charisma, he really loved playing the role. Ben Affleck was great, and it's just gone. It's just wasted. It's such a waste. You wasted Amy Adams as well. Yeah, I, I don't care. You don't care, okay. <laughs> she's a great actor. Like, she's useless in these movies. It doesn't matter. Yeah, she is. I'm saying if the movie was written differently. Yeah, I mean, she's wasted as well, but in a different way. Like, Lois Lane should not be as big a part of these movies as she is at all she humanizes superman but she's not the only thing that humanizes superman yeah kind of like jimmy right remember yeah. jimmy remember jimmy remember jimmy oh jimmy's dead he's dead now <laughs> such a waste man it's such a waste i don't know what they're doing going forward another they're making like a joker film joaquin phoenix that film yeah, was pretty phoenix. decent i want to check it out be good such a mess shazam was fun yeah wonder woman was decent and then they're just falling apart there's no one steering the ship. There's no Kevin Feige. Anyways, going back, the reason why I'm so upset with Batman v Superman is that there are some things that I liked about it. Not just the fight scene, but again, like Barry nailed it, the actors' portrayal of these characters. If they're given more freedom and a better script and a better director and everything, give them free reign, it could have been a better movie. Even if just simply editing out about 90 minutes of that film, changing the score, the music to it, where they're trying to play a scene as serious or foreboding, but they added music to scenes, again, tell the audience how you're supposed to feel and how to think let us do that right i'll take care of the thinking but if they change the score if they edit out huge parts of that movie especially the last fight scene with naked troll guy he should have just popped up and been like i'm unkillable and then they're like well we need the kryptonite spear and superman is the only one who can do it if wonder woman wasn't there just think about that for a second wonder woman is kicking this guy's ass she should have been like give me the spear i'll take care of it you boys are weak get out of the way just stab the guy right <laughs> yeah if superman just flew up it is like are you <laughs> I just handed it to her and then she killed it. That would have been a much better ending. Yeah, that would have been much better. But then, of course, Superman has to sacrifice himself. Just, you know, edit that out. Like, if she wasn't there, the guy pops up. is like, I'm a troll. I'm naked. I'm going to terrorize the city. And then they're like, oh, well, Batman looks at Superman. He's like, uh, I can't get near the thing, bro. <laughs> and he's like, all right, fine. I'll do it because I've come to accept myself and I've come to accept this planet. Now, I genuinely want to protect it on my own. Not just because my daddy told so. Not just because the 
world expects me to do it, even though this world is full of crappy humans. You know what? I'm going to accept it because I accept myself. And then goes in and then kills the dude. And that would have been a better movie than what we have right now, which is just a complete mess. Nothing matters. Nothing makes sense. It's just trying to look cool because it thinks it's cool. And it treats us as being too stupid. They ruined something that could have been a watchable movie. Yeah. You see little bits of little glimmers of hope throughout the movie. Yeah. It just makes you more sad. There's only so many times we can say how disappointing and bad the movie <laughs> yeah. was, you know? I mean, we could do a scene-by-scene breakdown of everything. Like, we can go into more detail. These are just the general feelings. Just bring up one scene where it's Apocalypse Batman. I, I like that. It was so goofy. You can't treat it seriously when it's Batman wearing a trench coat. It's stupid. You gotta embrace it stupid. He's wearing a duster. Yeah, he's wearing a duster, too. I'm just like, <laughs> it's so stupid that it would have been awesome if they were self-aware, but they're like, no, this is art. You'll treat it as such. I'm like, no. No, bro, it's not. This is too smart for you. I disagree. <laughs> you guys are the ones that aren't smart. There's one scene. Again, the fight scene's pretty cool. There's a guy who just kneels down with his weapon like this before Batman hits him. He's supposed to do it as Batman's hitting him. He does it a little too early. I'm a guy with a gun. I'm fighting Batman. He's far away from me. I'm just gonna kneel down and shoot him. And then Batman's supposed to hit him, right? But instead, he just kneels down like this. And I'm just like, that should have been taken out. They should have reshot that scene or cut that part out. But they didn't. And I don't know how no one caught that. It was unprofessional. You can't act like you're awesome and that everything's awesome about your movie and then have it be absolute garbage in every regard. <laughs> Even something simple as that. But yeah, moving on. Let's see our final thoughts and then rate the movie and then get it out of here. Yeah, uh, oh man. There was so much potential. Despite the flack that Man of Steel got, I thought it was an alright film. Yeah, me too. It was an okay first chapter, and then they decided to rush straight into Batman v Superman, which is essentially the Avengers, right? Yeah. It's essentially the Justice League movie already. And they wanted to just really push it because they were getting outpaced by Marvel instead of taking their time. And in the process, they just wrecked everything. They just took the train that was already kind of wobbling on the tracks, and they just gave it a big Superman shove <laughs> off the rails into a giant explosion. It's really sad and disappointing for three beloved characters perhaps the three well certainly the most iconic superhero of all time superman and probably the second most iconic superhero of all time batman my personal favorite batman certainly the most iconic female hero of all time in wonder woman and they just left us with a whole lot of nothing okay you leave this movie and you're just empty and disappointed i would give the movie I'm going to be generous in that there's some good in here. I liked the performances for what they were, despite the fact that Superman spends the whole movie miserable and frowning and angry. I think I'll give this three Suicide Squads. Wow, that is very generous. That three is very generous. Suicide Squad. It's a <laughs> that mess. That is too generous. But... I'm going to be a little bit generous here. Okay, well, for me, I'm pretty much on the same boat. I actually saw a glimmer of hope in this movie, a potential that was ruined by poor editing. Just poor everything. It was not the actor's fault, all right? The acting was fantastic for what it was, what they were given. It's just that every scene didn't matter. It was just there to look cool or in their minds explain some sort of narrative element that had zero payoff, had zero meaning. None of the characters were relatable. Nothing was relatable in this entire movie. It didn't matter. Nothing mattered. From start to finish, nothing mattered. Parts that did matter, they focused the least amount of time on. Didn't give it enough time to shine. You can't put a pearl and then put a giant turd on top of it and expect people to find it. Can't do that. <laughs> Get rid of the turd. Uh, for me, I'm going to give it two Suicide Squads because unlike Suicide Squad, which is a mess, Batman v Superman 
is slightly less of a mess in that you can follow the story. The story is stupid and it doesn't matter. Yeah. There's a threat there that you can follow from start to finish. It just doesn't matter. Whereas Suicide Squad, the story is all over the place. There's a general thread, I guess, sort of that resembles something like a story. In Batman v Superman, it has a story. It has better characters, it's slightly not relatable, all miserable, <laughs> all jerks. But it has some characters to it. There's some touches there of humanity. The fight scenes were amazing. Whereas Suicide Squad, everything was just stupid. You should qualify the one fight scene. With the Batman. one fight scene, sorry. The one fight scene. The cave troll scene was kind of bad. Okay, this is where, again, me and Barry disagree. But I liked it. Not that, you know, naked cave troll guy doesn't look cool. He doesn't look like a villain. He just looks like someone who got bullied. And then he grew up and he's just like trying to beat up everyone because he's angry. Got no love. But I thought it was awesome. It kind of reminded me of like a Dragon Ball Z fight scene where just like everyone's getting thrown through buildings they're rolling on the ground a hundred bazillion feet from one hit I like how troll guy's laser is from his whole face his whole face lights up he's shooping the whoop you remember yeah, that yeah. meme I like that fight scene uh, in terms of the special effects and what's happening I like the fight scene between Batman and Superman because again they're just throwing each other through buildings you just turn your brain off and just watch it contained with no context I'm like eh, it's not bad I can enjoy this but when you put it in the context of the full movie it's just like oh my god this is pointless there's no point to anything there's no point to this movie other than to lead up to justice squad justice league <laughs> justice squad that would have been funny uh, I guess. super friends super friends that's right super friends super dumb <laughs> but yeah two suicide squads we got three from barry and anything in closing you want to say what a disappointment yeah <laughs> what a disappointment. What a disappointment. And that's actually a backhanded compliment because we saw something there that could have been decent at least. I think that's that's all you can really say. That's all you can really say. Yeah, it's a disappointment. This has been episode 11 on Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Thank you for listening in and catch us next time on the Pointy Hatcast. Thanks for dropping by, guys. Stay pointy. Stay pointy. <laughs>